Welcome to Lost River Legends. Our motto, Ex Tenebris, is Latin for Out of the Shadows. We attempt to understand the complex world around us and bring light to subjects hidden in darkness. We explore paranormal topics with guests from all around the world. Now welcome your Lost River Legends hosts, James and Brett. We hope you enjoy the show. Everybody, we'd like to welcome you to Lost River Legends. We have a great show planned for you tonight. Tonight we have a few different individuals that are joining us on the show. They're from a group called LPH. LPH is a group that was founded in October of 2018. LPH stands for Little People Hunters. And this group has set out to solve the mysteries of little people in southwest Montana in the Prior Mountains. Uh, this group was founded by Quentin Martinez, and some of the other group members are Corey Miller, Dylan Witchman, and Sean Harrington. And they've been on a few podcasts, and they decided to join us today to talk about uh, the little people of the Prior Mountains. And they're going to be discussing the history surrounding these individuals, these people, and some of the folklore involved. So without any further ado, we will get started with the show. Everybody, we'd like to welcome you to Lost River Legends. Uh, my name is Brett. Um, I'm actually joined here with James, our other co-host. Uh, tonight we have a, a great show planned for you. Um, we have uh, LPH on. Uh, we did the intro on that uh, before. And uh, we have Quentin on the line with us. And uh, Quentin, how's it going tonight? It's going great. How are you guys doing? We're doing, we're doing great. Good, thank you. So... Um, for for the people that are listening to the show, we just really wanted to have you kind of uh, take some time um, early in the episode um, and introduce yourselves, uh, your your group, and and lead us uh, lead the listeners into uh, your work, um, some of the history behind behind uh, what you guys are doing, um, because there's a Native American. Um, folklore uh, behind this and if you could just uh lead us into that and we'll just turn the time over to you guys all right sounds good thank you so uh, i'm quentin martinez the founder of lph i have Corey with me hi i'm Corey, uh co-founder i guess i don't really know and then i also have dylan with me yep also co-founder so uh we started this group in october and we're all in high school, and we were actually on a, a cross-country bus trip coming back home from a meet. And I was sitting there, and I just, I was just thinking to myself, and for some reason it popped into my head. Like, I remember earlier in my life hearing about these little people, and uh, a person on our team, he's actually Crow, and so I asked him about it, and then that's just kind of how the conversation started. We were talking to him about it, and. Uh, it became apparent the uh, native respect for these little people because when we were talking to him about it, he kind of kept quiet and wanted us to shut the conversation down just because 
he said that he would get bad luck talking about them. So. Yeah, and I think that uh, just the fact that he took it so seriously, um, that really showed us, you know, the reality of the this legend that it, you know, it just wasn't some fairy tale like, like I know I thought in the beginning. So it really um, made it made the conversation a lot more serious. Uh, talking to him and then uh, doing all the research that we did, we found all these stories dating back to Lewis and Clark. Um, a whole bunch of different native tribes that have all had accounts that have been documented and pretty well documented, in fact. And um, yeah, it just really showed us that this was a serious topic and it really needs to be uh, brought to the table because it's really something that's not talked about as much as, you know, other cryptids like Big Bigfoot and all the other popular cryptids. Right. Like you guys said, you haven't heard of the little people before, so it just shows that it's popular locally, but outside of, like, Montana, it's really not known. Like Dylan said, the uh, encounters first started in around the 1800s with Lewis and Clark. Those are some of the first, like, sightings and encounters. Documented. Yeah. Right, yeah. They, uh... They were with a band of Sioux on the Vermilion River, which is in uh, modern-day South Dakota. And uh, they were traveling uh, north, and they wrote in their journal that they saw these little people, and they called them devils. So devils is a, the translation for that. And they described them with uh, very large heads, and they were about 18 inches tall. And uh, they were very alert to any intrusions into their territory, is what the... Uh, description says so uh that just shows or kind of the start to the history of the little people and uh how you might some people that are new to this might not take it so seriously but you have lewis and clark writing about them in their journals which i think is pretty solid evidence of them and the encounters have they started back then but they are still happening today so it's not something we're trying to find that doesn't exist anymore and we might just find like uh old evidence or something there's still encounters are still uh occurring today yeah like um so the prior mountains is only about half an hour away from us and one of the uh major roads to get to the prior mountains is known as prior gap road and actually on this road are multiple offering sites where uh, all the natives stop and they give offerings such as arrowheads and um, tobacco, I believe. Fish hooks, beads. Fish hooks, yeah. And all these symbolic items. And they do that every time they pass on that road. And you know, that's a road that is frequented very often. So you have these very large shack, um, offering sites that you know are frequented daily. And people are offering stuff up daily. So, yeah, this is... This is still something that is very apparent in modern, like modern day. It's not something that has been um, lost in time. Like the natives still treat uh, these uh, creatures with as much respect as they did in times of, such as Lewis and Clark, and uh, yeah, the beginning of man, pretty much when they started. Well, that's that's really interesting that um, I. They they continue this tradition, um, so there's there's a level of uh, respect 
and or fear given to this this uh, um, group of people or to this um, exactly. right what, and what, uh, what that all starts with uh, the role they played with shaping the crow tribe destiny so chief plenty the leader uh, in about 1908 around there he had dreams of these little people and it's said that they heavily shaped the destiny of the crow tribe so I think that's where the respect comes from especially from the uh, modern generation of the uh, crow tribe just hearing stories from their elders and just how important yeah. the little people were to them it said that they're the uh, protectors of the crow tribe so they're kind of like guardians i guess okay so this dream that he had uh, did he have this like did he knew about the this tribe of little people before the dream or he had the dream and then what what was the time frame with that uh with the dream that was the first encounter he had with the little people um yeah before then i think they might have heard uh folklore about it but like it you know, it was their first think, real encounter. I think he had dreams of them before they saw them in real life. Yeah, I think, yeah. It's kind of foreshadowing the right. events in the future. Yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was just I was just telling James here, um, sign language, <laughs> trying to tell him that last year um, I actually picked up a Lewis and Clark journal at a garage sale um, at a place we were camping. I haven't read it yet, but... Um, I was curious if when I do start reading that, um, what what's the name that Lewis and Clark give these people? Is it different than what we know about them right now, or is it uh, I think is it the they same? Were, I, yeah, I think they were just from what I from what I know. I think they were just referred to as Devils. That's D E A V um, D E A V A L S, which is just a different spelling of Devils, yeah. right? And so, that, that's what the Sioux would call them. Yeah, and they they have more names like the Nurambe. Right. That's the crow name for them is Nurumbi or Awakule. And uh, yeah. So they yeah they could have definitely referred to them as those names as well since I, they met with right. many crows. I think I think Devils is like the yeah. white version of a yeah. name that they would give them, and that makes sense because like these little people would be hostile towards the white or the Sioux because the Sioux and the white men are kind of like enemies right. of the crow and they're protectors yeah. of the crow tribe. Exactly. So, okay. There's a story of 300 Sioux warriors that uh, accidentally trespassed into the little pre- people's territory and uh, they ended up getting attacked and just a handful survived and they were scarred for life and had horrible wounds. And uh, yeah, they, the little people, there were stories that they would tear the hearts out of the uh, enemy tribe's horses. And so it just shows, like, I don't know, you wouldn't think to take these little people seriously, 18 inches tall, you know, kind of funky looking. And said so they're to be ferocious with sharp teeth and sharp spears. Yeah. But still to take out 300 yeah. Sioux warriors. Yeah, and, warriors. These weren't just regular, right. you know, natives. These were trained warriors that... You know, yeah, we're trained in military fighting. So, I mean, yeah, that just really goes to show how powerful these creatures are and where this respect comes from because they are so powerful. Wow. That's a pretty crazy story. I mean, when, when you have a yeah. story like that, um, especially um, when, when there's a war going on, 
there's warriors being killed, horses being killed. I mean, there's that's usually something that you that perks up your ears a little bit. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, speaking of stories, we don't really have that many uh, first-hand encounters of what we know, but there is a local museum, a few of them, of the, co -tri uh, the Crow tribe, and we hope to go down there and talk to some elders and get some stories. But we do, our friend that is in cross-country, we do have a story uh, of, that his mother had. Yeah, her encounter. Yeah, his mother actually had an encounter with these... Um these creatures so Corey, if you want to read it yeah so this is what Corey's about to read is yeah is the first-hand account uh of these little people which is pretty hard to come by because these natives like they they're not posting all of their um right. all the legends and folklores they're not i mean this isn't they readily like, available they like the to internet. keep to themselves well. yeah yeah like i said uh the kid on our bus was kind of quiet about it because he said it would bring back bad luck to him so right to come across story like this from a person so right yeah so i have to ask a question when what this encounter that you're about to share when did when did it occur how long ago uh his mother was actually a young girl so i was probably about 40 years ago yeah oh, maybe wow. a little less so, yeah so. so this this is pretty pretty recent. pretty recent for yeah just so uh so one night she was sleeping and she was awoken by the sound of her name being called out to her and it was coming from outside. So she went to investigate and she discovered there was a little person, the Nurambe, was standing outside her front lawn just calling her name. And she was super frightened and confused and screamed in fear. Uh, in that commotion, her father awoke and grabbed the shotgun because he didn't know what was going on you know got to protect my daughter right um and then uh as this creature ran away this kind of a quick short story so uh the father comes running in they both see this happen the creature instead of just like turning around and scat skedaddling like a rabbit would it turns into a beam of light as it like runs off and that's yeah basically it yeah that's yeah it's a story that's in his family and all of them know of it so that's crazy I mean, it's, he, yeah that's crazy and, uh he yeah he told us that her mother or his mother believes that the creature was calling to her like it wanted yeah to something to do with her or yeah something like that. and was it calling to her in her native tongue or was it in english like what's just her name yeah that's actually a good question i well, it was just her name, so yeah, I wouldn't have been in Yeah, it's true. Yeah. So, so yeah, that's you, you kind of gave us a description of what they looked like. Yeah. Are they are all the descriptions of what these uh these little people look like, this little this tribe, are they pretty consistent throughout um the documented encounters? Yeah, and that's one of the fascinating things is that there's native tribes all over northwest America that have these they have different names for these creatures and uh they just they um all have these same physical description and that just i mean it's just amazing how they all independently found this and had like independent encounters of these creatures on their own gave them their own names and have different relationships with them and that just all comes together and just shows that 
there is one one species that or one creature that or there could be different tribes exactly i read that there was a uh native american tribe in oregon and they had encounters with little people and they called them stick indians so i was i got to thinking about it and i was wondering if there's a possibility that if there's different little people tribes that are the protectors of their the native american tribes like if those stick indians as they're referred to by that oregon tribe i'm not i can't remember the name of them but i wonder if they're like the protectors of that tribe as a yeah as well. and yeah, that's correct. the thing. Yeah, they all have different relationship. Like the Sioux, obviously, are they're very hostile towards towards the Sioux and right. very friendly towards the Crow. So they definitely seem to pick and choose who they um, help and who they uh, are hostile towards. So. Yeah, that's that sounds like it might be a possibility. Um, there's um, some information that I've pulled up here. There's um, the Ojibwe, Algonquin kind of the Great Lakes tribes um, describe something yeah. called a Pukwaji. <laughs> and I think uh, there's like over 50 different names for them. Um, so they're, you know, across those different tribes, depending on what their experience is, you know, they either are tricksters or violent, but all described yeah. as being uh, knee high or smaller. Um, I think, mm-hmm. um, Matt Squatch is someone um, who has given a really good kind of rundown of different um, types of Bigfoot as cryptids. Yeah. And then um, there's yeah. a 10th part, a 10th type that he adds to that. And he actually <clears throat> talks about that as being little people um, because they're kind of in their own category, but could, mm-hmm. could, you know, could be kind of related since they're, you know, on two feet, um, hominid species perhaps and so that's it's really fascinating to see some of the crossover and the overlap uh within you know the bigfoot community and within um some of this folklore yeah uh some people like our english teacher uh says that they're a type of fairy the little people and uh fairies apparently are only found in four parts of the world uh britain northwestern america peru and australia and we've been kind of busy with school and our other life things to do research about these other little peoples but otherwise we'd tell you more but we mostly yeah it's definitely something interesting though that it just like correlates with other things so just around the world and how these uh supernatural beings uh could be related in some way from you know before even man was around so it really just shows like yeah just how prevalent they are just throughout the world not even america so absolutely yeah it you know and one of the things i was thinking about is you guys were sharing some of those stories um especially the one where the mother had um the encounter was do these creatures, I mean, are they, are they dressed in, in clothing like native American garb? Um, do they use weapons just, you know, on a smaller scale or are they just like, you know, I got sharp teeth, I'm tough as nails and it's just going to be, I'm just using my hands, my feet, my mouth. 
or or do they have some kind of weaponry that they use that they're known for? Because um, certain tribes have, you know, throughout the United States, uh, First Nations people, they have some, mm-hmm. certain tribes have certain weapons that they're known for, um, certain tactics, certain skills, um, whatnot. Can you expand on that, Eddie? Right. So I I couldn't say if uh, they wear clothing or not. I'm not sure. I know I, there's a picture on the internet. It's a like a drawing kind of depicting a little person, and it's a. I think it's got a loincloth on. But they also found right there a mummy. There was a mummy found, and that's kind of a, the largest piece of evidence that we have for these little people. He was uh, his name is Pedro. He was found in the San Pedro Mountains in Wyoming, which is just south of the Prior Mountains, so in the same area, and. Uh, Obviously, it was pretty old, so I don't think you could find clothing on it. But like I said, that picture had a loincloth on it. And then uh, as for the weaponry, they are, yeah, they're ferocious uh, little dwarves, sharp teeth. They might even have, like, sharp spears, uh, claws or something, like sharp fingernails, who knows. And then also the sharp spears. Which, that's the funny thing. Imagine little 18-inch tall people. With these little sharp spears taking out 300 Sioux warriors. But, yeah, obviously it's effective. And also they have, uh, I don't know if superpowers is the right word, but yeah. they do have mystical powers. What was that story with the hunter that went into the Oh, yeah, so there was this hunter in the, he went hunting in the Prior Mountains, and uh, he got injured, and uh, he stumbled upon the little people. And I'm not sure what he did for them to help him, but he must have gave, given, given an offering of some sort. Uh, because yeah. they they healed him of his injury and uh, he lived to tell that story, so they have healing powers, and then I'd assume they have some kind of fighting powers as well. Yeah, besides the sharp spears, right? I don't know. I I haven't heard anything besides just weapons. Yeah, and maybe some healing. Okay. Powers. So you know they're they're right now. You know, you guys are at the base, really, of the Prior Mountains there in Montana. Mm-hmm. And a lot of these stories are originating from from a particular tribe um, in that area. Do we know, uh, with this uh, tribal little people, is there any information um, at all that we know? Like, are they living in caves? Are they living in the forest? Are they living in shelters? Like, what's... What's the latest um, information on that or any historical accounts that might shed more light on that? There are historical accounts of the Crow tribe finding uh, drawings inside caves. So it's believed that they did live in caves and uh, they would find the drawings, but the little people would only appear at certain times. So they didn't really know where the drawings came from until later when they did appear to them and Chief Plenicu had his dreams. So, yeah, they are said to live in caves and then, uh, I don't know, probably surrounding area as well, the forest. Mm-hmm. When we went on our first hunt, we uh, investigated some caves and, I don't know, it was our first time out there, so we didn't really, it's a it's a pretty big area, so yeah. we didn't really know where to go exactly. We're just kind of, when you get on top of that, that back part, uh, that first hill, there's just more mountains or... Right. Not really mountain mountains, but they're pretty big. Yeah. 
but and there's not, like, a bunch of deep uh, ravines and stuff. So yeah, definitely they could be anywhere. Right. Out so there. on our first hunt, we just kind of picked a road, drove into the mountains a little bit, explored some caves, and uh, just tried to do our best. And I think after our first hunt, we came away with some good information and leads as to where to hunt next time for them, just to focus on caves instead of forests. So. Well, and if you if you look throughout uh, different areas of the world, we do have you know we have dwarvism, we have um, you know different sizes of people um, throughout time. I mean, there's there's you know you have giants, you have people that have been documented you know in excess of nine feet tall, and then you have you know I I remember watching one of the Spanish channels growing up. There was this guy that was probably two feet tall and just had this really small voice, but he was just kind of like kind of this entertainer that they would have on, you know, cause it, the enigma of, of having someone that looks like that. So it's not too far fetched, you know, just kind of Occam's razor that they could be humanoid, but then you add this other aspect to them where they're the way that they're revered or, you know, some of the history aspects to it. And it just kind of, throws things on its head a little bit. Right. I think what was the study done on that mummy where it had a full set of adult teeth? Yeah, that's right. And uh, it was 65 years old. Right. And it was said when it died, it fell from a, it died from falling from a great height. Yeah. So that, that's just kind of an overview of the information that was gained from the study done on it. And then again with the mummy, uh, it has now since disappeared after the study, mm-hmm. and uh, the last person to own it died from owning it, or is said to have died from owning it, yeah, and whoever is in possession of it is supposedly dies. And so, it just shows the power that even a dead little person can still I'm pretty powers. sure if you Google the right things, you can find, like, a reward for this. Yeah. Uh, the mummy or whatever i thought i've seen a picture of it before that's interesting yeah you know and a lot of those things i um i've been studying the last couple years i've been studying uh giants um and skeleton skeletal remains uh mounds burial sites um that have been found in the united states and and there's a there's definitely a cover-up going on with trying to suppress some of the information that is out there or some of the historical accounts of the skeletons, um, newspaper articles go missing. And uh, anyway, you know, I, I don't put any um, less um, weight into this as I would giants. I mean, they're, they're both very interesting, very intriguing. There's obviously a, a historical account there. We obviously have a body. Um, with this mummy that you've just referred to, um, have there been any other artifacts, um, you know, like any weaponry, um, anything like that found, uh, with these just curious, not to necessarily question, but just, is there anything out right, there? Right. Yeah. Uh, I have not, uh, found any information on weaponry or other artifacts yeah. being found. Me neither. Honestly, the only, uh, tangible evidence is Pedro. Right. And, 
there was this other mummy found in Wyoming too, which we're not very familiar with. Right, only a few pictures. Yeah, we just found out about it recently. I don't know how we missed it earlier during our research of Pedro, but there's this other mummy uh, found in Wyoming. Uh, its name is Chiquita, a tiny blonde 500-year-old Wyoming mummy is how it's described. And so that could be related to the little people. Well, and uh, that's about it. Like, right, yeah. I, we could read into it later. Or... Yeah. So um, what, are, what are some of the uh, goals that you have with your group? And what, how are you going about documenting kind of as, things as you go? Are there any other groups that you're maybe reaching out to, some networking that you're doing? The main mission of this group is just kind of to get to the bottom of the mystery because, you know, there's stories all over and of encounters and whatnot. And so we just kind of started this group, not as a joke, but, I mean, I guess not taking it as seriously as the Crow Tribe does, but we're still trying to figure out the truth behind it. And uh, the way we're documenting this is we actually have a film out on YouTube of our first hunt. And so each time we go out on a hunt, we're going to document it and turn it into an episode. Yeah. Tonight, we actually did a special uh, unrelated. Our our school is supposedly haunted, and we did a little night hunt. Yeah, night hunt. So we're also going to have that out. But yeah, that's the way we're going to be documenting our evidence and our hunts is through turning it into episodes and uploading them to YouTube. You know, that's that's awesome. We didn't we didn't have YouTube when Brett and I were your age, so it's totally something we would have done uh, if you know something interested interested us, and we're we're kind of uh, simpatico that way with you guys as far as interests and th- things that hold our attention and what we would you know what we would have done and how we would have uh, went about things. So kudos to you for doing that. Thank you. Yeah, right. Right now our uh, fan base is usually just our close friends yeah so we're hoping to grow in the next few months yeah it's some time to go out there it's one of those kind of niche like super niche things um but as you just keep plotting along and keep uh you know investigating and finding more information and and triangulating that data um Mm -hmm. you'll, you'll start to come to some kind of consensus as to what's going on um and i I think you should just keep going with it. It's one of those things that you just kind of got to keep, yeah. keep plodding along. We definitely want to stick with this thing until we can figure it out and come to a solid conclusion about it. Yeah. I mean, what else are we going to do? Sit on the couch, play on our phones. <laughs> I mean, you got to do something. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty awesome that you guys are doing that. Are there any other, um, I know that you were mentioning that, you know, your friend, um, that that's part of the tribe, that he he really doesn't want to talk about it because of of the supposed curse uh, that could come upon him or his people. Um, how else are you accessing information? Um, is it indirectly with the tribe? Is it just historical accounts with the tribe? How are you trying to gather information? If they're kind of unwilling to talk too much, you know, they probably have some stuff to tell you. But how are you going about that research? Yeah, I'm sure they definitely have tons of stories. But uh, 
So we've, I don't know, we've thought about this because you're right. It is kind of tricky to think of how are we going to do this if they're kind of, if they keep to themselves about it. So we thought about, you know, going to the Chief Plenicu uh, State Park Museum and uh, talking to some people there. Also going to the town of Pryor, maybe setting up flyers with a, our email on it or something, see if somebody would contact us that way anonymously. Uh, just stuff like that. Just, I don't know, we're trying to figure that out as how to get more uh, eyewitness accounts and encounter stories because we're, I think that would definitely help us with our haunts and investigations into this. Well, perfect. Um, you know, you gave us a lot of good information tonight. It's definitely piqued my interest in the subject. Um, I know that you have some postings on your on your channel on Instagram, and you mentioned YouTube. Um, do you want to give a little uh, a little plug on your um, social media sites and and any other information on how people can access uh, your information, get in talk, get in contact with you, and uh, if there if if someone out there knows of more information about these people, how they can maybe contact you and, and, and work with you on this. Yeah. So our Instagram account is, uh, all lowercase L P H underscore M T. And, uh, in the bio of that account has all of our personal Instagram accounts. Our YouTube channel is little people hunters. And that's where we have a trailer for our first episode. And then the episode itself and soon coming our special ghost. Yep, maybe in so, the next month or so. Yeah, and then, uh, yeah, I think that's those are the best ways yeah. to contact us. Um, I think Dylan is working on a website right now. He has a lot of other projects to do because he's really smart with the technology and stuff. But soon that'll be available, and we'll probably post that on our Instagram when we got that done. Yeah. Very cool. So, you know, and, and on the episode for Lost River Legends, on this episode for Lost River Legends, we always um, want to give a shout out to the guests that we have on and, and give them the props that they deserve. And so we do have a guest bio um, show notes with, with all the information you guys um, have just said. So anyone that's interested that wants to find more information out about uh, the Little People Hunters, uh, the folklore and the, the historical accounts behind that, you can visit our channel, and it will point directly to their social channels, and you can get in contact with them. So is there anything else you guys want us to know before we uh, before we button everything up tonight? I don't, I don't yeah. think so. I think we've covered it all. Just uh, put your seatbelts on and give us a few months, and we'll come out with some more episodes. Yeah, we're, we're excited to get some more content out on our YouTube channel for sure, which is, I think it's kind of tough with, us being in school but and winter right yeah it's especially if we get a ton of snow it'll be hard to get up there but in the spring we'll have hopefully lots of hunts planned out and get the get episodes and hopefully some solid evidence out for uh, our followers to see yeah. awesome guys thanks so much for coming on to the show and uh, we'll keep up to date with you guys on our different um, contact points that we have with you. I think Instagram is one of the best for us to, to message back and forth. So we appreciate your time and taking the time to talk to us tonight. We're a new group to start in October, and we're just trying to get our name out there a bit and kind of share the story of these little people because it's not very popular outside of Montana. So we're just kind of trying to spread it and uh, 
Yeah. So thank you guys for having us on. You're so, definitely helping us out a lot. Yeah. So appreciate that. Thank you. Absolutely. And, you know, we, we started back in October as well, and we're, we're uh, trying to get this thing off the ground a little bit more. We've got some really interesting interviews that we've done, but we've, uh, we've got a ton of awesome stuff coming, let me tell you. So we're super excited too. So make sure we stay in touch. All right, guys, we appreciate it. And you guys have a, a good evening and, a, and have a good Christmas. All right, you as well. Thank you. All right, take care, guys. You as well. See Bye. ya. On behalf of Lost River Legends, uh, myself and James would like to thank Quentin and his crew with Little People Hunters for reaching out to us and spending some time with us this evening in discussing this uh, enigma of Little People of the Prior Mountains in Montana, USA. You can find more about LPH and the contact information under our show notes for this episode. And for those who want to support Lost River Legends, you can visit patreon.com forward slash Lost River Legends. Any amount helps, and we would be grateful for any contribution. 2019 is just around the corner, and James and I have some incredible shows planned, and we have some amazing guests. We hope everyone has a safe and happy new year. We look forward to 2019 and what it has to bring for not only us, but for you as well. And until then, we hope everyone is happy and safe. Take care.